Hi, Kelsey. Well, hello. <laughs> hello. hello. How are you? Good? Excellent. Great. Great. Well, as we hinted last Tuesday, we have another returning guest Woo! who has received rave reviews. Yes. Better <laughs> than the reviews of last week's episode. Yes. Again, we're not going back. We're only going forward. Yeah. So the doctor has returned. Ooh. Dr. Erica Karlinski is here again. <laughs> Hi, Erin. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Yes. I actually don't know any of those reviews that you, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm just assuming that they were good because you asked me to come back. Yes. yes. People that we know that listen have told me and Kelsey to have you um, back. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I had a session with you a couple of weeks ago after you had listened to Yellow Flags. Yep. You said you wished it was live so you could have called in. <laughs> I it's really hard because I listen in the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, I listen like as I'm falling asleep and then I wake up and I missed like 20 minutes so I rewind. So, sometimes it takes me 3 nights to hear one whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I listen to it twice. Actually, I studied for tonight so I re-listened I re-listened to Yellow Flags part two I re-listened this morning because I just wanted to make sure that I was you know fresh but yeah I I lie there thinking oh my god oh my god I wish I could just call in right now (laughs) I have to tell you that a lot of the time what I want to call in and say is Kelsey, you are spot on. <laughs> wow, Erica, don't you say that? Uh, <laughs> don't pump her tires. <laughs> yes, you are gonna pump those tires too. Sometimes, sometimes I want to say, Kelsey, you are spot on, except for the delivery. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, I I don't have to deliver it as softly, maybe, <laughs> or as or as intentional, maybe not yes. soft, but as intentional, but that makes me feel good because yes. in this episode in particular, you want to call in and I wish that I was in person with Erin. Cause I would just like grab her and shake her and be like, what are you thinking, ma'am? But yeah. this is not about my feelings. This is about. <laughs> yeah. So in oh. terms of her being spot on, yeah, what did you think? More. Tell yeah. Me more. What did you think she was spot on about? <laughs> okay well it was part two I think it was toward the end when you were talking about your sense of okay so Erin you were saying in response to something that Kelsey said about Mr. Vegan Erin you were saying you know, but here I am, I'm confident, I'm, you know, independent, I have a lot of self-worth and what the heck does he want from me? I don't remember mm-hmm. how you put it. But then Kelsey said, well, Aaron, that's because he doesn't carry those things. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the crux of it. And we could just end this episode right now and talk about <laughs> That's the crux of it, that you have made so much progress and we can talk about that. We could talk about Jay Shetty because (laughs) I have things I want to say about that. Yeah. But yes, you know, when 
when you and I first started working together, Aaron, one of the things that I said in the beginning was, Aaron, when you get to the point where you're, you know, feeling good about yourself and you don't need anyone Mm -hmm. to make you, oh, I think Kelsey, you also put it almost perfectly, or if not perfectly, where you don't need someone else to, you know, build you up. And, you know, your sense of self-worth is not based on anybody Mm -hmm. outside of you. I said, when you get there, Aaron, you're actually going to be in the driver's seat. You're going to be selective because you're going to see that that confidence is going to draw people in, both Mm -hmm. women and men. And you're going to attract people like you haven't in a long time. And it's been so fantastic to see that actually play out. And so Kelsey is right. You know, that's what's happened. People are drawn to you. Men are drawn to you because you have this energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's positive, it's independent, it's confident energy. And everybody's drawn to that. Kids are drawn to that. Who's the most popular person in sixth grade? Mm -hmm. The most confident. Not always the best looking or the best athlete, the most confident. So that's exactly what's happening. And that's why you're finding yourself in these relationships or trying to make your way, you know, Mm -hmm. find a path, whether or not it is a relationship, you know, that's why you're finding yourself, you know, meeting people who aren't where you are because they haven't done the work that you've done. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. And I guess the other thing too is in that episode, both episodes, Kelsey was saying that like I do patchwork for men. (laughs) I think I had mentioned to you before when I was at my worst, the person that I was with didn't want to give me the time of day, like gave up on me, left me, all the things. And I think I had told Kelsey, like, I don't want to do that to this person, you know? Right. So, I guess, like, what's your opinion on that? Am I doing patchwork or? (laughs) Well, I took it and maybe I need to re-listen, but Kelsey, were you talking about patchwork on them and their flaws? Or were you talking about patchwork on the little, you know, the small, minor you know, obstacles that get in the way of of things progressing in the relationship, because that's what I was thinking you were talking about, like putting band-aids on these chat. Yes. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. I I have a question off of Aaron's question. I'm using Aaron as the example, but it doesn't have to be Aaron. Like we can be more general, I guess, but is it typical like in a situation like Aaron, where she's done all of this work on herself and in, in this time she has been single. And so she's really like built that confidence as like that 
almost like persona of herself, though it's really her, of like the single Aaron. And so when she goes, she puts herself out there. She's meeting all these people. She has all this great energy. Is it then typical, what I was hearing in that episode in particular and with the scenario with vegan man is that once she like locked him in or once they were like locked up, there was almost like some backsliding into old, I mean, not the same behaviors, but you know, a little backslide. I don't know a better way to say it. As you mentioned earlier, my delivery is not always right. But so is that common that maybe like in one environment in your life or one state of your life, you do all this work. And then when you enter a new situation, new relationship, new environment that you might Yes. And that's when Erin talks about her teenager, right? She's talking about her teenager mindset versus her adult mindset. And the teenager mindset, Erin is very aware that when emotions are activated, when you're in a situation that's uncomfortable or it's anxiety provoking, then you're going to have the tendency to default. Right. To the teenager mindset. And that's what she found, you know, happening to her uh, a couple of weeks ago. Right. So, yes, that's very, very common. Mm -hmm. Very typical. I was hearing her talk so differently about that situation. And I think what you mean, Erin, with Patrick is like almost like making excuses or trying to fix the problems as they arise. But the problems really weren't you. And you made a comment like, I think I can like fix it or like, I think I can do it. And I think I said, but it has nothing to do with you. Like you aren't, you aren't the thing right now. It's a, it's about him and where he's at. So I just, I heard, I didn't have the language, but I, I heard some teenager in there in that example. So yes, I would say that with my teenager mindset, it was definitely there. It was definitely present, (laughs) but I don't know. I think it's just because I haven't had my adult mindset present for a relationship. And it makes sense what you said. So Aaron, I think we're talking about that. This was after he said that you're emotionless, right? Yes. Yes. And that was hard. That was really hard. That was a big blow. Yes. It was an incredible blow because I didn't understand (laughs) and I didn't get it. Like I didn't understand like why he was saying that. And, and I hate being defensive because, you know, it goes into that mindset again of teenager and like, you know, we're defensive when our teenager is offended or needs to defend something of us. And so I tried not to be, but when he just kept going at it, I had no other choice. (laughs) Well, no big surprise because my God, you know, your history, right? Everything that you've been through in terms of, you know, in your relationships and, you know, especially with the one, you know, major one that you, oh my God, you've healed so much over that that was talk about emotion, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about being vulnerable. 
you were so vulnerable with, with him mm-hmm. and the pain, you know, so for someone to tell you that you're emotionless, that's crushing. That's crushing. And it also, I, I think in many ways, it completely minimized your experience, who you are, because mm-hmm. who you are today is a result of all of that, all of mm-hmm. that emotion, all mm-hmm. of that pain. So yeah, that was, <laughs> that was harsh. That was very harsh. And I don't know how you could have coped with that unless, you know, you said to him, hold on, I need to call Erica. <laughs> you know, if you and I talked, you know, I, we definitely could have gotten you through that, right? Mm-hmm. You could have walked right back into that situation and said all the things that you needed to see. We could have totally turned that around, right? Mm-hmm. Unless someone really does say time out, Aaron, pay attention to what's happening here and put that teenager to bed and get the adult in here right now. Yeah, that's the only way it could have happened. Yeah, because I think I had said to you when I went in for one of my many sessions on this topic, I think I had said to you at like one point, I was like going like this, like my adult was like, stop yes. it, stop it. <laughs> like, you know, but eventually my teenager was just like, let's get in there. When for our listeners, he did reach out like a couple of days later. Because he listened to the episode. He did listen <laughs> Amazing. He would hate me so much if he met me. (laughs) But yeah, he did listen. He didn't really agree agree or appreciate. And one of the things Eric and I talked about was, would he recognize that this is like a behavioral problem or some type of issue or, and to me, I think it's fixable. Like for his personality and growth. Like, I think it's something he could fix, not because of me, but because of just, I don't think it's something that he couldn't fix without doing work on himself. And so, you know, I sat down, we met at a coffee shop and I sat down with him. (laughs) I sat down with him and I asked him, I go, do you think that, that this is an issue? And at first he said, no, he's like, this is just who I am. And I said, well, you know, you've been in very unhealthy relationships in the past. So have I. And, you know, you might think that you can just do this. Like you can just have this behavior and it might work for that person. But I'm trying to find like a healthy relationship where like we talk as adults and we don't just throw out accusations. But later on, he realized that it was an issue but I don't think he'll ever step into a therapist's office. And that's, that's kind of disheartening. I don't think he would. Well, Um, hopefully he's listening to this episode mm -hmm. (laughs) because I want him to know that he doesn't need to fix anything that's broken. Mm -hmm. He's not broken. He is who he is, because of his story, just Mm -hmm. like you, just like Kelsey, just like every person on the planet. Mm -hmm. And it's not about blame. It's about understanding. 
It's about understanding how you became who you are today. And what were the good decisions that you made in your life? What were the decisions that, you know, didn't turn out to serve you well? You know, what's motivating you? What are the emotions that are driving your behavior? So Mm -hmm. you could change behavior, but unless you understand why you're behaving that way, then any behavior change is only going to be temporary. He has so much potential for growth Mm -hmm. for himself, you know, not for him in a relationship, not for the other person, but for him. And Mm -hmm. he would be more solid, more secure, happier than he's ever been. So that's, that's why I'm hoping that he's listening because Mr. Vegan, you are not broken. Okay. You are human. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the human race. You have work to do. (laughs) Yes. What were the things in the the part two that you wanted to kind of dive into in regards to it? Okay. In part two, well, (laughs) when you said, Erin, that you were thinking about going out and getting Jay Shetty's book, <laughs> The Eight Rules of Love. Yeah. It's called, yeah, The Eight Rules of Love. I almost fell out of my bed. <laughs> <laughs> because it brought me back to that workbook oh. or that book yes. that you talked yes. about a really long time ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was like how to get your ex back or something like yes. that. That was the <laughs> concept. Yes. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, this is not happening. This is not happening. Okay. So I took a look and I was really happy to see that I like Jay Shetty mm-hmm. because what what he says is really what, it's a monk's way of saying what, what I try to help my clients do. Mm-hmm. So rule number one, let yourself be alone. Hello. That's exactly what you've done, Erin. <laughs> yes. Rule number two, don't ignore your karma. Again, a monk's way of saying, yes, you do need to look at your past. Yes, you do need to examine how you got here. Now he says, when we learn from the past, we heal it. What I do is maybe you want to say it's a step further. It's learning. Yes, it's learning. But in order to heal, it's actually, you really need to feel mm-hmm. you know, what, what you felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just talking about your past is not, that's not going to work you know, talk therapy. Uh -uh. So, okay. And then define love before you think it, feel it, or say it. Yes. Totally agree with that, that everybody has a different definition of love. And when, okay. So I know someone who I digress for a second. Okay. So I know someone who, a woman who's in a relationship with this man and she has done a lot of the same kind of 
growth, Erin, that you have. And mm-hmm. she is so good on her own. Like she's done tons of traveling this summer. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't, he just can't for, you know, financial reasons, work reasons. And also because she, she did a lot of this with her kids. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's not happy unless she's, you know, contacting him, you know, throughout the day and letting him know where she is and what she's doing. And, and he, and she says, you know, this, this, I don't feel good. This makes me feel controlled. And this is kind of suffocating. And he says, to you, this is suffocating. To me, this is love. This is real love. And he refuses to see it any other way. Mm -hmm. He says he's just as interested in the things that she's interested in, but he doesn't want to do them without her. And she, she's fine doing them by herself. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, yeah, that was, that was about the, you know, this is love. No, this is suffocation. You're killing me. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, you know, it's huge. Then he says, your partner is your guru and that's, you know, learning from your partner. And of course that's, I love that. That's true. But your partner does have to do the teaching nicely right Mm -hmm. you know jay shetty talks about when they were doing the rehearsal for ben affleck and jennifer lopez because he married them Mm -hmm. right and he said at the rehearsal his wife said he was he was doing something and his wife said stop you can't say it like that i don't know how she delivered it but he said he loved that because she loves him and he knows that she wants the best for him. And that works for them. You know why that works for them? Because they're both solid and secure in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But if he wasn't, there's no way he would have taken that well. Right. And it, so the whole the whole thing could have been a nightmare if even one person in that relationship was not in their adult mindset. Mm-hmm right? Or not secure, not confident. Forget it. So yes, he (laughs) took that very well. Rule number five, your purpose comes first. Yes. And this is, you know, this is the independence. This is finally, finally, for the first time, you know, saying that your needs are just as important as their needs. And actually, you're going to prioritize your needs. Yes. Beautiful. That's just a monk's way of saying it. There was, yeah. So yeah, it's rule number five. When he says your purpose comes first, he says, we romanticize the idea of making sacrifices and devoting ourselves to another person. And there are beautiful ways to do so, but I've seen people who put their own purpose aside and years down the line, feel lost or misled. Mm -hmm. That is my way of saying that codependents are attracted to narcissists and codependents and narcissists make perfect couples until they don't Mm -hmm. until the codependent wakes up one day it's two years or it's 25 years later and says okay hold on a second when is someone in this family 
mostly you, my partner, going to take a look at me and pay attention to what I'm wanting or needing. Mm. And then, of course, the narcissist ste- steps in and say, what the hell? This is like, this is new. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? So, yeah. So I really like Jay Shetty. I don't think you <laughs> need the book, Aaron. <laughs> You just did it all for me. <laughs> you, know, you know all of this and you're doing all of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, congratulations. Thanks, thanks. Had you never read this and then you you did from the oh. from Erin saying she wanted to read the book? I dove into it today. Uh-huh. I, I dove into that. it this morning. I dove into it this morning. Now, I wouldn't have if it didn't look halfway interesting. Right. Um, I would have just said, okay, come on, Aaron. You know, I'm glad you didn't actually buy the book. Or did you buy the book? Did you buy the book? I did not know. Okay, I've been good. too busy doing other things. But when I when I took a look, Kelsey, you know, I said, Oh my God, like he officiated the wedding of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. Like, let me let me see. What does he have to say? You know, sometimes when I see Oprah's a fan, mm, not for you. It, not really. Yeah. But I liked what I saw initially. And so then I dove into it uh-huh. and I, I was like, it. Oh my God, this is cool. This is just it, like, it's all semantics, but he's saying, he's saying like, it's so consistent with, you know, with the work that we've done, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be like a side thing to the book when she said that it reminded her of this thing that I did a few years ago, did I ever tell you that Kelsey? No. And I'm (laughs) dying that you, I'm just so (laughs) one of the times my ex broke up with me. I was desperate. That sentence. Like, yeah, I was desperate to get a relationship back. And so I Googled how to get your ex back. Did you learn anything? Like, what were the tips in that book? Even though it's a toxic <laughs> tip. But... I actually, in my email, like my Gmail account, I still have all the worksheets. Oh, so gosh. I should probably send the worksheets to you, Erica. Just so you can I would at... love to see. Well, Erin, isn't it true that it actually worked? It did work. It worked for another year. <laughs> but oh, what the thing was, was just like you said, codependent. I was very codependent. And he had some narcissist. I don't think he was a full-blown narcissist, but I definitely think he was on the scale. <laughs> right. And that's why I think it worked until, like you said, it didn't. Yeah. Over and over. Over and over. And it's true. I did lose my whole purpose, my whole being with him. So that's why when I showed up at your doorstep, Erica, I was like, you know. You a know, mess. A mess. Yeah. <laughs> and can we clarify for your listeners, because so many people they're not clear about what codependency is mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, because I don't like the term because it doesn't sound like what it is. It sounds like two people who are dependent on each other and that's not what it is. So I really mm-hmm. want your listeners to know that someone who's codependent is bases that their happiness or their emotional well-being on everybody else in the room. So usually their partner or their kids, or I see it a lot in women. And it's because of the way that we're socialized, you know, to make sure that everybody's happy. And so the codependent is the person who really believes that they, 
they really feel fulfilled if everyone else is happy, but it's very unhealthy. It's unhealthy for everybody in the family. It's very unhealthy for the relationship. And when that person, the codependent, does grow, evolve to any degree at any point, you know, in their life, like I said, whether it be, you know, two years or 20 years, they, they do start to like, you know, wake up a little bit and say, okay, I'm not liking this anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's very problematic. It's very, but the reason why codependents are so drawn to narcissists is because the goal of each of them is for the narcissist to be happy. Mm -hmm. So I'm making you happy. I love that. I'm happy because I'm making you happy. And I feel so like, this is just everything I've ever wanted. And because you're happy, you want to be with me. Mm -hmm. Yay. (laughs) So it works for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So I actually have a question. So narcissism, like when you're full blown is in the... DSM, whichever number, is that right? That it's it's an actual like disorder, but being codependent is not right. So you can like, you can learn how to cope or like identify those things. I don't know if it is, it's a question and kind of a state, a run on statement, but like you can work to no longer be codependent. Is that, is that true? Yes, for sure. Yes. So they're screwed forever, but you are not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know it's not black and white. Like yeah, you know, Kelsey, you're right. And it's a really good question because, you know, when when people come to see me because they're in a relationship with a narcissist, they have to make a decision about whether or not they want, you know, treatment to learn how to manage the narcissist and they can do that and they can improve their situation. Sometimes they can improve their situation so much that the narcissist, you know, changes in a major way, but there are some, some, there Mm -hmm. are some people who are somewhat narcissistic who are willing to listen, willing to hear it and, I want to make the changes. Hmm. Yeah. I'm working with one now, actually. Oh, wow. yeah. It's really <laughs> nice. It's so nice. It's, it's amazing. It's just amazing to see how motivated he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he in a relationship currently or are they, I don't even know if it's a he, but are they? Yes. Uh-huh. Ah, interesting. Yes, yes they are interesting. Yeah. So it's good. Most narcissists will resist therapy for as long as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then when they come to therapy, it's very hard to get them to where I need to get them. And usually narcissists need to feel their shame because mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. narcissism comes from shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But when I, you know, gain trust and help them to see that this is not about, you know, again, like I said earlier, it's not about blame. It's not about, you know, you're being an asshole. 
No, you didn't become an asshole out of nowhere. No, maybe it's because, you know, of the way that your parents, you know, parented you. And guess what? That's not their fault either because they both have their story. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to get a narcissist to to that point, but but I do it. Do and it. what a shakeup because you probably don't tend to see that side in your work. I, I'm guessing you see more of like the codependent folks. I do see more of the codependent folks. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really, you know, what's so cool when the codependents make changes mm-hmm. when they're not in, I would say when they're not in a long-term relationship yet, Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, the relationship could either, you know, could continue or not, you know, and it's really great when codependents get strong and empowered because that's where, when, when it's a baby relationship, that's where I see the narcissist, you know, coming around a little bit and saying, okay, hold on, because it's really uncomfortable. They don't like it. They don't like the changes, but they're still in the beginning of the relationship. So they're Mm -hmm. very attracted. You Mm -hmm. know, there hasn't been enough like negative and there hasn't been enough boredom, really, Mm -hmm. let's be honest, in the relationship for them, you know, to be, to back away. Mm -hmm. So they're still excited about the relationship, but now their, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend is holding them up to a new standard. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's really, really cool to see. I'm watching it happen right now with a few people. <laughs> My question is about that is, do you think his outbursts or outbursts <laughs> that he had? Vegan is that, yes. Is okay. that like narcissistic tendencies or is that just something completely different? <laughs> So I do want to go on record, of course. You're a vegan. I don't know you. We haven't met. You've never been in my office. So, so I'm qualifying what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> qualifying it. It's, I don't know if what you're looking at is narcissism at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's fear. I think there's, and by fear, I don't mean that he's afraid of you, Aaron. I mean that he's somewhat intimidated by your independence and your confidence and your, you, you have made it clear just in the way that you're living your life Mm -hmm. that you don't need it takes someone who's very confident and secure in themselves to still want to be there with you because you want them because they enhance your life, but not because you need them to be whole. Mm-hmm. You might be the first woman who's challenging him with that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great for him to learn from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think somebody, let's say, meets someone else who kind of has the same tendencies, you know, all of a sudden that happens, could somebody like me make that work? 
like with somebody like that. I said in part two, like, you know, I didn't want to like, you know, just X name because of that, you know, refresh ourselves, you know, for those who don't re-listen to the pod um, or listen to the pod and after we record the pod, the outburst, you're, you mean the texts, you mean mean the texts and like, like when you went up to Michigan and he was like, you didn't hear from him. Yes. The, that stuff. Like, can somebody like me, like, yes, I saw the signs, like Kelsey said in that one of the episodes, like months very ago. Very first dinner. Very yeah. first dinner. <laughs> first okay. dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing, like, like you had said to me one time, Erica, like once you understand those mindsets, like your adult can't hang around with teenagers, you know? And so definitely that's like what I was seeing. But then like I ignored, I ignored it later on because like the stuff kind of like washed away, like we kind of focused on each other. So that big insecurity that to me was his teenager mindset just went away because it was just him and I, and then obviously other things came, came around. Yeah. So could something like that work with somebody like me and that person, if they don't work on themselves or do they have to work on themselves for it to work? I'm just so nervous now that Mm -hmm. I'm not really going to find anybody because of like, oh, I don't need anybody. I'm very self-sufficient. But now I, am I being too picky? Like, you know, like, so that's yeah. what I'm. <laughs> well, you, you get to be picky, Erin. Mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So I think, I think being patient with, with men, with anybody really, and being honest with them about Here's where I am. It might be hard for you. You know, it it could be it could be hard because you know, we all want to be needed. Mm-hmm. You know, to a certain degree. But I don't want you to read my independence as not being attracted and not really enjoying you. Mm-hmm. You know. So I I think if you and he had the conversation in the beginning but man he he kept seeing you at meetups right Mm -hmm. and you were talking about these you know other people who you were dating but that's because you didn't know how he felt Mm -hmm. you know maybe if you knew how he felt you wouldn't have talked like that with him Mm -hmm. right you would have been much more sensitive and you Mm -hmm. This probably would have started six months ago. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. in February, I guess. But he he wasn't being honest. And I think that the more quiet he was about what he was feeling, the more you felt comfortable just dating other people, talking to other people. Yeah. And I think the more people. and I think the more he got angry he was stewing like why isn't she noticing me i'm right here i've been here this whole time type thing yeah Uh, well he wasn't saying mm -hmm. he wasn't saying what he was feeling but it's hard to do that you know so yes i think there is potential if you 
meet someone and you sense some of these same insecurities. But, you know, the danger in a yellow flag <laughs> is that it's a warning. Yeah. <laughs> Red flags are not take a step further, right? Mm-hmm. But a yellow flag is, uh, I got to do something. You know, this may not necessarily turn out to be that bad. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of, you know, it's harder in a way than red flags. Yeah. And I think that's what I, at the time, that's what I was struggling with because like anybody a couple of years ago could have kicked me to the curb because of that stuff. You get really hardened by that. Like you get like even more emotional, like when somebody does that to you, like when they're just like, you're too this and you're too insecure or, or whatever. At the time, I didn't want to do that, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to give him a chance that's, that people never gave me. This is, <laughs> I know. This, this is the non-Erica take on it. <laughs> I think you could absolutely view as someone who hasn't done years of therapy and work on themselves, like therapy or not, but like work on themselves. I definitely think that's true. But I I think it's about their mindset for sure. But also like with these yellow flags, I mean, we knew, we, we all knew, we, the collective, Mm -hmm. we knew after that first dinner, because it just, it didn't make sense. He didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. You are just like in a different place. And like, it's a different way of saying what you've said, Erica says, which is like that you're an adult and you can't date a teenager. I mean, it's so true. So I think like I hear in his, like in this situation, Chip, that you found yourself in, (laughs) you are trying to help these souls who haven't yet done the work on themselves, but that isn't your job. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Your job is to find your match, your partner, to find someone who makes you feel good, that enhances who you are. But also I think a great place for you to consider finding your match could be in Erica's parking lot because (laughs) we know we or waiting room because we know they're doing the work and we like the work that they're doing. You know, know, consider that Erica, you could do some matchmaking on the side. Oh, trust me, Kelsey. I think all the time about, Oh my God, I wish you could meet someone. I wish you You need to have like a collaboration with like a matchmaker in Orlando. All right, y'all. That's all the time we have for today. I hope you all learned a thing or two from Erica. I know I did. Tune in next week for another scheduled session as Dr. Erica Karlinski pencil us in for not one episode, but two. So while we wait for our next session, don't forget to share this podcast with a friend on all things casual and committed. See you next week. Bye.